This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. It is Super Bowl week, Super Bowl Sunday, right around the corner, Labs. It's a religious experience for me. Any, like, big spread item that you have to have, you, you can't watch the Super Bowl without wings and pizza or something like that? No, not really. Okay. I mean, me and my wife will figure it out, uh, you know, in the next day or so. And then, um, you know, the best part of watching the Super Bowl at home, you know what that is, uh. right? Uh, there's probably a ton to me. Uh, bathrooms right next to me. There's cold beer in the fridge. Uh, I mean, there's the. It's endless, honestly. I love watching from home. You you can turn it off at any moment. Oh, so when the Rams are up by thirty at halftime over the Bengals, you can turn it off and go to bed early. Or <laughs> if the if the Patriots are winning, because <laughs> no like, one needs to see when, that, right? When when they were when they were beating the Falcons twenty eight to three. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember that I saw uh, the game-winning touchdown in overtime scored in that game because I, I gave up. Um, <laughs> and that's another – when anyone talks about what a great coach Kyle Shanahan is, 28-3. Oh, his? He was on the – oh, yeah, the greatest offensive yeah. line in the NFL. Oh, yeah. Right. His fourth-quarter yeah. comeback – or collapses, excuse me – Starting to kind of yeah, catch right. up. People are starting yeah. to notice what you've been on for a while, Labs. Well, you know, um, I pay attention most of the time <laughs> anyway. Oh, before we get started yeah. here, um, what what shoes do I need? Do I need good shoes or should I have the dumpster diving oh, shoes on? We're going to have to go into the dumpster a few times today. I, in fact, I think that we're going to be going into the dumpster right off the bat here with Tim Bates's question. Oh. You want to get into that? Okay. You got your shoes on? You ready? Wait, I wait. Okay, I I just velcroed them on. So go ahead, let's go. <laughs> Tim Bates from Westerville, Ohio, knowing full well that trading for Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or Jimmy Garoppolo is fantasy land thinking, and given the recent circumstances facing the New Orleans Saints, do you think unrestricted free agent Jameis Winston has become the Steelers' top veteran quarterback target for 2022, over other unrestricted free agents who have been talked about, i.e. Mitchell Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, or Tyrod Taylor. I don't know if this Velcro is is, is strong enough to hold these <laughs> shoes on. Your socks as are going to get wet and dirty. Yeah. <laughs> um, is Jameis Winston uh, the top <laughs> veteran quarterback target? Uh, let's hope not. Uh, let's hope not. Um, you know, Jameis Winston is twenty nine. Will be twenty nine soon. That's not bad from an age standpoint. Uh, but the eighth game last year, uh, a horse collar tackle by um, Buccaneers linebacker Devin White tore Winston's ACL in addition to his MCL. It damaged that as well. Same knee. Okay, so everybody remember what happened to Devin Bush the year after his uh, ACL injury? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is the uh, Jameis Winston scenario now. So... Not only are you going to have to sign him, but you're probably not going to see him when training camp opens, or you won't see him at all on the field anyway um, during OTAs or mini camp or any of that stuff. So, you know, you're, you're, you're wanting to sign a guy not knowing what kind of physical condition he's going to be in, um, and then he won't even be ready probably 
for the start of the competition on the field that's going to determine the starting quarterback, or you could get really stupid and just guarantee him the starting job. <laughs> so um, I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to go the hard no on Jameis Winston. If you thought that question was deep in the dumpster labs, you have no idea. Bob Cheshire from Middleton, Idaho, takes us deeper. With the Steelers needing to replace Ben Roethlisberger and the 2022 quarterback draft class being weak, what are your thoughts about picking up experienced free agent Ryan Fitzpatrick? Fitzpatrick (laughs) could mentor Mason Rudolph, and the Steelers can look to draft a franchise quarterback in 2023 if that doesn't work out. If that doesn't work out, what? <laughs> if, if that Ryan, doesn't work out. Ryan Fitzpatrick as the mentor. Um, uh, you know, if Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to get into coaching, God bless him. Good luck with that career. Um, but what, what you're suggesting, Bob, is uh, the guy who was 39, who's going to be into the hall, be in the Hall of Fame in five years, let's get rid of him and bring in a guy who's older. <laughs> That doesn't make much sense so, to me. No, that that's a hard no. You want to go and, younger usually. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Mike Sullivan uh, is, from all I've heard, is a good quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. That's his job to mentor Mason <laughs> Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins and those people. So, um, yeah, I think. If somebody put a gun to my head, I would have to say I'm more in favor of signing Jameis Winston yeah. than Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, Or I might just say pull the trigger. <laughs> I think that's the better option. We all, know how the Ryan, we all know how the Ryan Fitzpatrick saga plays out by this point now, right? He gets signed. The media nationally goes crazy. Oh, Fitzpatrick, veteran presence. He's been able to win some games in the past. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. He has one good game, and then he gets hurt by week two, and he's out for the season. It, ha- it happens every year. The guy just he's 40 years old. He can't stay healthy. It'd be a bad signing. Yes. Oh, nothing to add. Yes. Perfect. I, I summed it up perfectly. <laughs> John Meyer from Chicago, Illinois. Because Pittsburgh is conservative, do you think a trade upgrade for a top-flight quarterback already playing in the NFL, like a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Kirk Cousins, is just a pipe dream? Uh, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. And can you could you just mention those three names again one more time? Yes. Uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, or Kirk Cousins? Okay. Which one of those names does not belong with the other two when we're talking about top flight quarterbacks? I'll just leave that out there uh, for everyone to decide on their own. Uh, A little hint for everybody. I think he wears the number eight. (laughs) Jerry West from Southport, North Carolina. Can you explain why Kevin Colbert is staying on through the 2022 NFL draft when a new GM will be taking over? Has he been that exceptional in his draft picks lately? Is his input invaluable? Does it mean a new GM will not be named until after the draft? Wow. Not a whole lot, lot of love for um, Kevin Colbert. <laughs> Seriously. Um, two, two Super Bowl championships, three AFC champion, conference championships, um, a number of playoff appearances, only one losing season in yeah. 22 years, uh, picking consistently – uh, 15 or lower, um, I, you know, anyway. But anyway, um, first of all, Kevin Colbert's contract runs through the 2022 NFL draft. His boss, Arvuni II, 
has said publicly that he wants Colbert's input until his contract expires. Uh, these are Rooney's exact words. We will be conducting a search for a new GM starting immediately and probably won't make a hire until after the draft. Kevin will fill his normal role through this year's draft. I don't see it as something critical that we have somebody on board before the draft, even though we'll be doing some interviews prior to the draft. So uh, let me just say this, Jerry. Um, you may have uh, a pretty nice jump shot, uh, but... <laughs> West Virginia guy, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> Call Crowley. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, the Steelers would be very, very fortunate if whomever they hire uh, to be their next general manager is is can carry Kevin Colbert's uh, jock strap, as they would say if they were both <laughs> players. Uh, I love how he says in the question, has he really been that exceptional at draft picks lately? Are you kidding me? He picked the potential defensive, probable defensive player of the year. What was it? 31st, 30th in the draft process? I mean, get out of here. Frank Pudzak from Denver, Colorado. Why would an outgoing general manager stay until after the 2022 NFL draft and not let the new GM help pick his own players? <laughs> um, I, You know, some of these questions oh um, really reflect um, an ignorance of how the Steelers operate. Yes, um, you know the, the the steel Kevin Colbert as an example. He carries the title of general manager, but Kevin Colbert does not have. You know, he's not the the um, final word on things like hiring a coach, firing a coach, signing players. Does anybody think? that Kevin Colbert um, unilaterally traded a number, a future number one pick to the Miami Dolphins for Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, <laughs> that's not the way it works uh, in the Steelers organization. And so, um, you know, it's not whoever this person is who is hired, this new GM, they're not going to be his players. He's not going to have final say over the draft any more than – the previous, you know, from 2000 to 2021 were Kevin Colbert's players because he had uh, final authority or unilateral ability to pick whomever he wanted in the draft. So anyone who doesn't think that um, Art Rooney II, like his dad before him, Dan Rooney, uh, is not at the very least, kept in the loop. <laughs> I'm saying that as a very least with these kinds of moves. Even all the draft picks, um, all of the research that goes into it, all of the information that has been gathered, um, you know, th that stuff doesn't just happen and then they, like, you know, slip a note under Art Rooney the second's door and say, oh, by the way, uh, you know, we drafted Juju Smith-Schuster on the second round, whatever year that was. I mean, it just, it doesn't <laughs> work that way. And so, you know, I would imagine during this interview process, as the Steelers are conducting this, what I just explained is something that has to be made clear to all of these candidates. Now, I would assume that if you are a candidate for uh, a GM job in the NFL and a GM job in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you don't know 
how the Steelers operate, then you're not worth the interview time because um, these are things, you know, that have to be hammered out. This person, this GM to be, I'll refer to him, has to understand that he doesn't get to make unilateral decisions on some of the issues that I brought up earlier, that he has to be part of a collaboration uh, that includes um, the head coach and the owner, team president now. Uh, and let's not forget this. This is, this is the way you know, the Rooney family has operated because in the mid-'80s, Dan Rooney was the, the, the owner. Art Rooney Jr., his, Dan Rooney's younger brother, was the head of the player personnel department. Now, in a um, power struggle, um, for lack of a better phrase, between Chuck Knoll and Art Rooney Jr., Dan Rooney fired his brother mm -hmm. while his father was still alive. So anybody who thinks that, you know, this is not a serious uh, etched-in-stone kind of uh, business plan, they need to do a little research into history. Um, and learn some things. Yeah, it doesn't get much more serious than that. No, no, it does not. Casey Kupchinski from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Why don't the Steelers even mention Joshua Dobbs as a potential for the starting quarterback job in 2022? Seems like he'd be a great fit with the new offense. Um. Okay. <laughs> you know, Mike Tomlin said kind of in an offhand comment at a uh, during the season Tuesday news conference that, you know, a mobile quarterback um, is something that the Steelers would, or let me put it this way, mobility is a quality in a quarterback that the Steelers could be interested in moving forward. Now, suddenly that has come to mean, you know, that the Steelers want to go from a pocket passer to Lamar Jackson. Um, <laughs> You know, mobility is not that. It's not about, you know, um, read options and quarterback draws and, you know, those kinds of things that um, the Ravens do and do successfully with Lamar Jackson. Okay. Now, Joshua Dobbs, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but he is automatically assumed to be a good runner. Um, and he has made some plays with his legs. Uh, however, he has also had some opportunities uh, where, you know, the other parts of the position, uh, his accuracy, um, you know, the, 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 some of the throwing the football things, um, you know, he's not, he has not exhibited uh, starting caliber quarterback tools in those areas. Uh, and on top of this, you know, first of all, he's not a kid either anymore. He's True. five or six years in the league. Uh, so what he is is what he is, I think, at this point. And then the other thing we have to understand is uh, Dobbs is an unrestricted free agent. His contract expires, current contract expires uh, March 16th, uh, the first day of the new league year. So including him in any conversation about the quarterback competition for 2022 would – uh, kind of gloss over the fact that he will be unsigned here in about six weeks, maybe. So, 
I think that's part of it. Uh, and the other part of it to me is just, uh, you know, all due respect to Joshua Dobbs um, from what he has shown to this part of his time in the NFL. He's not starting quarterback caliber. I think a lot of people hear the word mobility and they just immediately go right to fast. He's got to be fast. And think about Big Ben in his prime. You would never describe him as fast, but he was one of the most mobile quarterbacks there was in the NFL. So I feel like a lot of Steelers fans hear Tomlin say we want mobility, and they're like, like you said, oh, got to get Lamar, got to get the next fast guy. And it's just, it's just not the case. That's not what he means. Right. And I don't think that, you know, um, I don't think that you can win a championship in the NFL with a running quarterback. Hasn't been just, uh, proven wrong yet so far. Or you haven't been. Right, right. Right. Bradley Canfield from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. What are you hearing about Steph Tewitt? I heard that he put his Pittsburgh home up for sale, which, if true, doesn't give me confidence he is playing for the Steelers again. Um, you know, January 28th, Art Rooney II, uh, during his annual season-ending media availability, was asked, this was the question. I'm giving it to you straight, uh, verbatim. Do you anticipate... Stephon Tewitt playing in 2022. Uh, Art Rooney II's answer was, quote, I wish I had an answer for you there. All I can say is we'll be evaluating that situation and having a discussion with Stephon here in the next few weeks and hopefully be able to say something more definitively in the near future. I got, I got nothing for you. I mean, beyond that. Um, it is a curious case, to be sure. Um, I, I don't. I do not believe that it can be strictly physical, because the kind of surgery that Tuit supposedly had, reportedly had on his knee, uh, when he had that surgery on his knee around the start of the season, um, is not that kind of twelve-month surgery. If the reports on that were accurate, and so. Um, you know, I don't know what the deal is, and I'm not going to speculate on what the deal is. Um, all I will say is that I don't think that the knee surgery that Tuit had uh, was a was a serious enough procedure that would have kept him uh, off the field just for that all the time he has been off the field. Let's take a trip across the Atlantic to beautiful Vahingen de Germany for our next question from Ed Moriarty. Please help us understanding something. We were recently exchanging thoughts, okay, we were arguing, regarding the Chiefs' talented roster, their free agent signings, and their salary cap, and comparing it to the Steelers. How is it that their quarterback gets mega millions per year, as do numerous others on their roster, yet they have no problems getting top-tier free agents while staying in tune with the salary cap. In comparison, it seems Steelers just can't seem to keep their house in order. My group argues that the Steelers are too honest and that teams like the Chiefs have under-the-table deals with the players, which is illegal. Yeah, I'm going to just go on and limb here and say <laughs> the, the Chiefs are not violating um, the salary cap, the NFL plays pays pretty close attention to that. And the penalties are uh, significant financial. They can, the league also could nullify contracts of players um, who were signed with quote unquote, ill gotten gains. And, you know, imagine if 
for example, um, the, the mega contract they signed Patrick Mahomes to was discovered by the league to be uh, signed uh, illegally under the table, deals to use Ed's <laughs> phrase. And the NFL just comes in and tells Kansas City, okay, we're voiding that contract with Patrick Mahomes. He's an unrestricted free agent now. Right now. And like then this let all the second. other teams. Right now. <laughs> uh, just imagine that. Okay. So anyway, let's get back to Ed's question. Uh, Mahomes signed a, what's reported as a 10-year, $450 million contract. But it was signed while Mahomes was still playing under the terms of his rookie deal. And so then that just became an extension. So, um, you know, as examples, Mahomes in 2020, which was two seasons ago, he only counted $5.3 million on the Chiefs cap. Last year, he only counted $7.4 million on the Chiefs cap. But this coming season, his cap hit will be $35.8 million. 2023, his cap number will be $46.8 million. In 2027, his cap hit is going to be $60 million. So um, the, the Chiefs are going to be, they're, they're going to start paying the piper yep. uh, for Mahomes' mega deal. It hasn't happened yet, um, but in a couple years, uh, they're going to have their own difficulty, Ed, uh, keeping their own house in order. Yep, I think that's why it was such a big deal that they got to the Super Bowl again this year with all that talent because, like you said, the bill is going to come due real fast. A couple more questions here. The penultimate one coming from William Cookler from Gulfport, Mississippi. I remember listening to Steelers games on the radio with my father in 1949. I am 78 years old now. Could you list the top five draft picks during the time Kevin Colbert was the general manager of the Steelers? I believe him to be one of the best draft day GMs in NFL history. Okay, as uh, I mentioned earlier, uh, as part of an answer to a previous question, uh, Kevin Colbert was hired. His first draft uh, as part of the Steelers front office was in 2000. Uh, we just had the the most recent one was the, the 2021 draft. So that's 22 years, 22 drafts. Um, okay, now, uh, William, you need to understand a couple of things. I'll, I'll list. I'll give you a list. Um, but you have to understand that um, I'm not doing a whole lot of research on this. Mm -hmm. um, so here we go, in chronological order. Troy Polamalu, first round in 2003. And I'm not list. these are just, um, I'm not listing the best in order of, in order either. Right. I'm just giving you names, okay. Troy, first round, 2003. Ben Roethlisberger, first round, 2004. A.B., have to have to include him. Sixth round, 2010. Cam Hayward, first round, 2011. Ryan Shazier, first round, 2014. T.J. Watt, first round, 2017. Now, I understand that's six, but let me explain myself here. Um, okay, just looking at the list in total, I don't care where you're picking players. If you're picking players who end up in the Hall of Fame, that's a great draft pick. So that's how Troy is on the list. And Ben is on the list uh, because uh, everything I've read from uh, people who media members who are on the Hall of Fame Board of Selectors and have been longtime members of the Hall of Fame Board of Selectors have said not only written not only that 
Ben is a lock as a number one or first ballot Hall of Famer, but he's a lock as a first ballot Hall of Famer, even after Captain America uh, recently announced his <laughs> retirement. So, okay, so I'm including Ben as a Hall of Famer. That's two. If you pick a guy who arguably for a six-season span was the best receiver in the NFL in the sixth round, that's a great pick. Mm-hmm. A.B.'s on the list. Cam Hayward, he could be a Hall of Fame defensive lineman as well. If you look at in French Steelers franchise history, Joe Green, first team All Pro, greatest lineman, a defensive lineman, greatest player in franchise history, first team All Pro, a franchise best four times. Cam Hayward is next on that list, first team All Pro three times, and he's still playing. So Cam Hayward um, is quietly maybe in some people's minds, but definitely in my mind, uh, building a Hall of Fame resume, and he's not done playing. He might have had his best season last year. I put Shazier on the list as a first-round pick in 2014 because, to me, that represented um, an ability shown by the Steelers to understand what the next big thing in terms of playing defense in the NFL was going to be. Shazier was the, the pioneer in my my limited uh, research of the every down linebacker, good against the run, can cover anybody, uh, you know, run down the fastest players, uh, all of that kind of stuff. Now, the reason I added Watt is because uh, an unfortunate, uh, tragic injury ended Shazier's career early. So I kind of put another one on just to round out the group. I think when you draft a defensive player of the year 30th, when you draft a guy who um, tied the NFL all-time single-season sack record 30th when everybody's looking for pass rushers, um, that's a pretty good pick. As, as was Hayward, you know, when you're picking a guy second, 31st in the first round, usually the, the uh, impact defensive players go in the top half of the first round. If you look historically, most of those, you know, Jalen Ramsey, um, those kind of people, they're picked high. So the fact that the Steelers got two um, – under Kevin Colbert's tenure in the last half, almost the last pick of the first round in Hayward and Watt. Uh, I think that speaks very highly of the GM at the time. And finally, Stephen Keister from Kinelon, New Jersey. Have any recent NFL players you know of acted as their own agents? And how much do agents take of players' salaries? Well, uh, I don't. I don't know of any uh, NFL players who, uh, who have acted as their own agents. I'm not going to claim that none of them have, uh, but I don't pay that close attention to league wide. There's 300 guys drafted. I mean, I, I, I don't. I'm going to say no because usually, if that had happened, it would have been made a big deal of. So, um, however, let me point this out too, just as a little side uh, fact. Based on the slotting system and how uh, strictly teams adhere to that for draft picks, a lot of these guys, I think, 
either could act as their own agents or simply hire a contract attorney from a law firm and um, have them do it because that kind of information is available on the internet. You know, what, what the, what the eighth overall pick of the NFL draft is made in a contract each of the last five years, you can get that information pretty easily. And then you add a little bit of an, um, an increase, 8% maybe. And that's, that's what the contract's going to be because big time agents charge their player clients up to 3% commission on the value of the contract. So, um, let's just say it's a $30 million deal. You know, that's millions of dollars you're paying as a player to an agent. Whereas let's just pretend, um, uh, your contract with iHeartMedia is coming up. And if you know, you're talking about that kind of money, you could hire the best contract lawyer in America. Some Washington DC firm or some New York firm or whatever. Pay him hourly and save money based on three percent of thirty million dollars. So um it's not done. If, uh, you know, I had a son who was going to be a high first round pick, that's my, that might be what I would suggest, hiring the best contract attorney in America. Tell him what the deadline is and say, I want, to, I want the best deal you can get by this deadline and pay him hourly as opposed to a percentage. Then maybe you need an agent after that. But uh, for those rookie contracts, since they're so slotted, um, you might be able to get away without one. Just for the record, with my iHeart contract, I don't hire an agent. I negotiate myself, not because an agent wouldn't help me, but because no agent would take the 3% commission off of what I would be getting paid. Not worth it for him for just those $3. That's going to do it for this edition of Aston Answered. We are all out of questions, but don't worry. We will be back again next week with a fresh batch. Enjoy the Super Bowl this Sunday. And for Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opferman, and we will talk to you guys next time. Go Bengals.